0: Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful time of worship this morning. Didn't you feel energized by that worship? Man, that was fantastic! I tell you what, it's just so wonderful to be able to gather together with folks and worship the Lord, and it's good to see all of you here today. And I'm just so grateful that we uh, that we're able to share this time together. This is a special service today, and uh, and at the conclusion of this service, we're going to be uh, we're going to be uh, symbolically burning the note, which was the mortgage on the CMC, and by God's grace and by your generosity and His mercy and all those things we were able to retire a huge debt but uh, and it gives us freedom to do wonderful things in the future and i 'm just so grateful to the Lord and so grateful for you. Let me just say right now uh, if you 're a member of the building committee, would you just raise your hand right now if you 're member of that building committee all around the sanctuary here there's some of you all right if you were uh, part of the uh, team that helped us put b2D together, would you raise your hand as well right now? A number of you were part of that, and uh, we 're going to have some folks up here on the stage at the conclusion of the service and I really don 't want to leave anyone out, but I just want to say that if, if you were instrumental in part of that, and I know many of you gave and, and gave a great deal and made it possible for us to uh, to be debt free in two thousand and twenty four uh, I want to recognize you at the conclusion of this service. And uh, Kenny is going to come up with me, and there, there may be some others as well that will join us uh, if they're here. So let's take our Bibles, uh, if you will, and go to the book of 1 Kings. We're in the Old Testament this morning, and as I think about this time, that, uh, that when I think about uh, about a time when there was great celebration because God had blessed the people of God by answering the prayer of David, the prayer of Solomon... I recognize this morning that God has answered our prayers, and uh, we're so grateful for that. But as you're turning there, I've got a picture I'd like to show you of some different people pursuing prayer, and I think maybe we have that there. It is. If you look at that picture up there, what you'll notice is that uh, the top left. What is? What are those things on the top left of that picture? rosary beads. And some people use rosary beads as part of their prayer life. And, uh, uh, and so they use the beads, I guess, to help them keep in sequence and to pray in the hopes that God will hear their prayers. And then if you look on the far right-hand side, you'll see a uh, what they call a Buddhist prayer wheel. And the idea is that as you go along, if you turn that prayer wheel, it's almost like you're offering up prayers to the universe, so to speak. And uh, in the hopes that somehow your prayers will be answered. Just beside that one on the right side, you'll see a lady who's reaching up to a crack in the wall there. And she is placing a little piece of paper in the western wall in Jerusalem uh, that was part of the ruins of the temple. And this is symbolic of the fact that many uh, in Judaism today believe that God would have them place these prayers in this wall in the hopes that God would answer those prayers. And then if you'll look uh, just beside that one, there's another picture of people making uh, incense, burning incense, offering flowers to uh, uh, a pantheon of gods in the hopes that the gods will hear. And then if you'll look down here, you'll notice that's a picture of my family when we sit down to eat. (laughs) Not really, we don't have that big of a table, but probably it looks similar to maybe your table where we're sitting down and we're thanking God for the food (laughs) that we have and asking Him to to bless it, to nourish our bodies and uh, just giving a moment of thanks to Him for His goodness. Well, the intent, of certainly, of our prayers is that we connect with God. We hope that God will hear us when we cry out to Him. And in the Old Testament, the Bible records this incredible account where God heard the prayer offered up by Solomon on that day that they dedicated the temple. You might want to read along with this one, but this is 1 Kings chapter 9, and then we're going to come back to 1 Kings 8. But I want you to to see this incredible way that God answered Solomon and what God had to say to him. 1 Kings chapter 9. Verse number 1, as soon as Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that Solomon desired to build, the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your plea which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. It's interesting, when we look at this passage, it's pretty amazing because God responded to to Solomon and said, "I'm, I'm putting my name there for all time. My eyes will be there. I'm, my, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be looking. I'm, my heart, he says, my heart will be there for all time. What an incredible response to prayer. I would love to know that when I prayed, that I had the assurance that God would say, my heart is with you for all times. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, we know that as Christians that He is with us, but to have the Lord appear to us in this manner and confirm that is a wonderful, powerful thing. Sometimes I've been in my closet in prayer in that quiet place where it 's just me and the Lord, and i 've detached myself from everything that that would seek to distract me from from the world, but so that I can focus and talk to the lord, and it 's in those moments, those quiet places, that there is such an overwhelming sense of His presence and the joy that accompanies it, and the hope. That comes to us when our hearts are fully devoted to the Lord. I don't know how long it's been since you've experienced something like that. But I have to tell you, if you haven't experienced that in recent days, it's time for you to go to that prayer closet and seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Today is that day. Look unto Him offer up your calls unto the heavenly father get along with him pour your heart out and see what god does you know i don't know it it would be surprising to me that if we could say that it was uh, that it was a routine thing for us just to always have that sense of god's powerful presence Uh, answering our prayers all of the time. I think that the Lord sometimes allows us to stretch a little bit and to seek Him. And so sometimes we might think to ourselves, well, God's not hearing my prayer. Well, this morning, as we look at this portion of Scripture, I want to share with you some of the things that Solomon, the king of Israel, what Solomon did that got through, that opened up the heart of God. And so we're going to look at this passage and I'm going to ask if you would to please stand with me. We're just going to read a portion of it now and we will go through this book. In 1 Kings chapter 8 is where we are this morning and I want to begin in verse number 22. 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 22. And as you're Going to that passage, let me share with you now that uh, Solomon's father, who was King David, had desired to build a temple for the Lord. But God prevented David from doing that because David was a man of war, a man of bloodshed. Yes, he was a man after God's own heart, but David was a man of war. And God said, it's not for you to build this, but your son will build it. And so Solomon gathered all the people of Israel, all of the priests, all of the Levites, all of those folks that were you know, who's who in in Israel at that time. And they gathered on this day and they brought these incredible sacrifices and they took the Ark of God, which had been in the tabernacle, and they brought the Ark of God to this temple now that they had built. And the Bible says the glory of God was manifest in that temple. And now Solomon, in this time of dedication there, he offers up this prayer beginning with verse number 22. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all of their heart. You have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him. You spoke with your mouth and with your hand have fulfilled it this day. Now, therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, what you have promised him, saying, You shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel." If only your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me as you have walked before me. Now therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed, which you have spoken to, my, to your servant, David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea, O Lord my God. Listen, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day. That your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you have said, my name shall be there. That you may listen to the prayer and that your servant that your servant offers toward this place. And listen to the plea of your servant and to your people Israel when they pray toward this place. And listen in heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord God, we thank you for the incredible blessings that you have poured out upon us this day. Lord God, we recognize that we have a wealth of, of opportunity here and, and, and material blessings that you've poured out on us, Father. We thank you for the resources that we have in this, in this church, just on this campus alone, Father. We thank you. We thank you for the sanctuary wherein we gather to worship every week. We thank you, Lord God, for the education space where we teach the Word of God, where you've called us to train up our young and to disciple that people might obey everything that you've commanded. Lord, we thank you for the education space that we have, and we recognize that that's a gift from you. Father, we thank you for the fellowship space that you've provided for us so that we can gather together to be with one another, to sup, to pray To just spend time with each other, we thank you for that. And Father, we thank you for this, the blessing of a new facility, Lord, that you provided for us in the Community Ministry Center that gives us the opportunity not only to learn and grow and serve, but to reach our community with the good news of Jesus Christ. And we praise you and thank you. Thank you for providing all of this, and thank you for giving through your people to this ministry that we in turn might use it to glorify You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you this morning. As, we, as I said, this service, we want to take a look at what Solomon did in this prayer, and I want to talk to you about some of the things that made it... You know, God, God gives special regard to the prayers of His people. If you know the Lord and you belong to Him, He gives special regard to your prayers. The Bible tells us that His ear is open. That He desires for you to fellowship with Him. Jesus taught us to pray to our Heavenly Father. And the Scripture is very plain that God responds to His people. Sometimes He doesn't always respond the way we would like Him to, right? I mean, sometimes the answer to prayer is a little bit different than what we expect. But the bottom line is that there are some things that we can do that enhance our prayer life. And we can do these things that help us make the connection with God. First of all, if you'll notice in verse number 22, it says that Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel. Solomon had built uh, an, an altar, and Solomon had built a platform on that altar. It was seven foot by seven foot. It was four feet high, and it placed him up before the people. As he stood there, as he made this announcement, as he offered this prayer in this dedication service, it was a bronze platform, so I can only imagine it probably was gleaming in the sunshine. And I want you to notice that he did something here that is, should be part of our prayer life that makes an incredible difference when we come before God. And I want you to notice the Scripture says in verse 22 that he spread out his hands toward Heaven, in this time of dedication and prayer, before the leaders of Israel, before the people of Israel, in this great crowd, before this magnificent temple that has been built, he stands up and he raises his hands toward heaven, and it's symbolic of an, of an adoration, of an awe, of a reverence for holy God as he lifts his hands up. I want you to understand, when we lift our hands in worship, when we lift our hands in prayer, it is symbolic of the fact that we are reaching up To God, in reverence and in awe, Solomon did something that many of us also do and that many of us need to do. And that is he uttered a prayer with a posture of admiration, of reverence, of awe. You know, I can just imagine that when he lifted up his hands to the Lord... He was signifying before all of the people there that he was totally dependent upon God. Completely dependent upon God. When we come to God, part of that sense of reverence and awe and admiration of God is that we are completely dependent upon Him. We know that He has the answer to all the questions that we have. We know that we, as we we humbly submit ourselves to Him, that He is likely to respond more to us when we come with that sense of awe and reverence. Solomon raised his hands up. Knowing that there was absolutely nothing that Solomon the king could do, knowing that God could do anything and everything he chose to do. Folks, when we come before a Holy God, we ought to come before Him with a sense of reverence and awe. Your prayer life can be much more fulfilling when you recognize. You're speaking to holy God. I seem to remember that when Jesus was teaching His disciples how to pray, the first part of that prayer is when you pray, and if you know this, say it out loud with me, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. When you go to your closet when you cry out to the Lord, do you go to Him with your hands lifted up? Do you go to Him with the posture of reverence and awe and saying, Hallowed be Thy name. Folks, I got to tell you something. Solomon, as he was standing there, I want you to notice. Some, by the way, standing was a very a normal normative practice to stand and pray. I mean, we stand and pray, we sit and pray, we kneel and pray, we get on our face and pray. And and I don't kneel as much as I used to now because I got two artificial knees. But I can certainly get down on my face and pray. Whatever I need to do to understand that I put my mind as well as my body, in a place of submission to the Lord. And when we approach Him, we should approach Him in that same sort of reverence and awe, for the Lord is the great Creator, the sustainer of this universe, and all glory and all honor and all dominion belong to Him. When the prophet Daniel was speaking to the great king Nebuchadnezzar, he he revealed to Nebuchadnezzar that there was a king who was coming. The Lord Himself is that king. And He said His dominion is an everlasting dominion. God has all the glory. God has all the supremacy. And God needs to be worshipped and adored. He needs to be an admiration for the Lord as you go before Him in prayer. But this is often not the case with many people. I just think to myself how oftentimes. I've used this expression myself and I've heard this expression and sometimes people refer to God as the man upstairs. But, And I know sometimes they don't mean anything ugly by that. But you know, God is so much... (laughs) He's so much beyond that. I mean, I know that probably many people are referring to Jesus, the incarnate God, but we're talking about going before God and recognizing His glorious presence some people think about God as just kind of like a, a grandfather, you know? Gray-haired or white-haired and you just go to your grandfather and granddaddy will get you whatever you want, you know? He's just there to kind of make life a little bit easier for you. He's there to put a smile on your face and give you a warm hug and certainly God can be like that. He is like that. But He is so much more. And when we cry out to Him with that sense of reverence and awe of Him, we put ourselves in a position to be blessed of Him. The Bible tells us that when we pray, we should cry out to God and as our Heavenly Father who is in heaven and that He is hallowed. The Bible tells us that we ought to fear the Lord that we ought to walk in His ways. We ought to love Him. We ought to serve Him. We ought to uh, love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our might. We ought to recognize His holy presence. And I want to just tell you, the victory came to Joshua as he stood before the commander of the Lord's army right before he went in to attack the city of Jericho. But before he went in to battle that night as he appeared as the army, the captain of the army of the Lord appeared, to him Joshua was commanded to take off his shoes for he stood on holy ground when Moses was confronted by the burning bush as God was calling Moses to lead the people out God told Moses to remove his shoes because he was standing on holy ground if you want your prayer life to get to the next level, you must understand that God must be approached with open arms, with open hands, with a sense of reverence and awe for the Holy God, the Sustainer, the Creator, the Giver of good gifts. And He's your Heavenly Father. And certainly, He loves you. There's something else that I want you to see in this passage of Scripture that stands out to me. And that is that as Joshua prayed with that posture of admiration. He also prayed with a, a worshipful recognition of who God was. Look at what it says in this passage. He speaks in verse 23. He says, God, there's no God like you in heaven, above, or on the earth, beneath, keeping your covenant and showing your steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. You have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him, you spoke with your mouth and with your hand, you have fulfilled it this day. Two things about that. Number one, in this worshipful prayer of Solomon, he recognized that God is supreme. There is no other. That, that God is above all. He is the Lord of lords. He is the King of kings. And the Bible tells us that God has given to His Son, Jesus Christ, a name that is above every name so that everything in creation will bow before Him. When we come to God, you know, if you're like me, you're so prone to get into that prayer life and all of a sudden, man, you're just busting out with everything going on in your life. And, and, and you know, and we should do that. But when we do that, we should honor the Lord with worship. I think we should honor the Lord with worship as we open up prayer and as we end prayer. But he recognized the supremacy of God and he recognized the faithfulness of God. Sometimes in the world that we live in, we might think that God has forgotten us. Or we might think that God has just decided to quit looking after us for a while. But that's not true. God's eye is on you 24-7. The Bible says there's not a thought that goes through your mind that God is not aware of it. The Bible says that God has promised good to those who love Him. The Bible tells us not to worry about our life, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, because our Heavenly Father already knows what we need. The Bible says that God is merciful and He is kind, and He is a God to be worshipped because He is supreme and glorious above all, and He's a God who is faithful to keep His Word. He fulfills His promises. This is the God that we serve. He, he is not like the, the pagan gods of Greece or Rome that were fickle in their decision making and they would, uh, they would act with, uh, with, with whatever they wanted to do but never in the best interest of the people. God is faithful, the Bible tells us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you. He will keep you from evil. When we cry out to God in prayer, and we call Him Father. It's a sense of intimacy. It's an understanding that God cares for us and that God is with us and that God will be with us. And God has promised that He who began a good work in you will complete it. Now, I want you to take a moment. I want you to look at that person to your right just now. Go ahead, look at him right now. I want you to tell them, and, and, okay... I guess you're going to have to move your. This is not going to work too good, is it? Okay, what I want you to do is look at somebody right now and tell them that God's not finished with you yet. Would you do that? Go ahead, tell him <laughs> Now, now now I, want, now I want you I want if, if you didn't tell anybody that, I want you to respond, and he's not finished with you either. Listen, God is God it takes his time with us. He's he's building us for all eternity. He's transforming us into the image of His Son. He's at work in us. And when things seem a little bit hard and difficult right now, just understand that that's the way it is. That's what God's plan is for your life so that you might be conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Because God made you not just for this time, but God's made you for all eternity. And the glory of God is that when He starts a work in you, He completes it. Hallelujah. I'm glad because I know I need help. And I'm just grateful for those folks around me that that know that about me and they are so helpful. (laughs) Listen to me. God is faithful. God was faithful to provide for the children of Israel so they could build. And you know, I have to just say, God has been faithful to us here as we've been able to do what God's called us to do and you've been generous in giving let me just say that there's, there's something else here you know we should go to the Lord with a sense of reverence we should recognize him for who he is his glory his goodness and, and by the way if you're having a hard time praising the Lord for who he is just get, out the, just, just get out the Psalms and start reading the Psalms and read about all the good things of God get out the book of Job and you'll be surprised even in the book of Job when God talks to Job and he reveals truth to Job about who he is how glorious he is, even Job, who has suffered tremendously, seems to have a change of heart. But there's a third thing that I, I want you to see, and, and, and that is when we pray, and the prayer that Solomon prayed was a prayer for God's attention and a plea for God's uh, special attention. In, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 30, it says and Solomon is praying now and Solomon says and listen to the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place and listen in heaven your dwelling place and when you hear forgive when we go to God in prayer we ought to be seeking his attention we ought to be pleading for His awareness of us. There ought to be an earnest, hungering desire for God to to be here with us. And I believe that, that God is, but I also think that we can't just, we can't plead for God's attention and then rush off to the next event of our lives and forget all about Him. Prayer is something that is intentional and takes time. Prayer is something that we can do constantly, but there are also those times when God has called us to be quiet before Him. And so we should seek His earnest presence. Let me just, let me say one more thing, a couple more things here, and then we're going to be done. As Solomon prayed, and and this might help you in your prayer life too, That last word in verse number 30 of 1 Kings 8 is he asks for God's forgiveness. Now, if you look through chapter 8, what you will see, and it starts out as we have indicated here, and then he lists a whole lot of things that people might do when... that that, that people might, uh, might do, might sin. He says there's a number of different sins that people might do here. And when... They do this when they repent of their sin. He says, forgive them. Now, this is important. When we come before God, we need to seek His absolution or His forgiveness. And this is exactly what Jesus said to us when we prayed to the Heavenly Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Seeking the forgiveness of God means two things. Number one, you've acknowledged that you've sinned in your life. And when you acknowledge your sin before God, you confess that sin and you have a, an attitude that says, I'm going to turn away from that sin. You open yourself up to the mercy and forgiveness of God. And if you read that passage, you'll see that he lists all these things that might happen. And when these people come and repent before you, Lord, we just ask you to forgive them. Forgiveness, seeking forgiveness is part of our prayer life. And the last thing I want you to see when we think about prayer that really made a difference, and we're going to have to move quickly here, but I want you to see at the the very end of this section on prayer, In verse number 60, the king now has, he's speaking now to the people and he's speaking about the prayer and what he's asked of God. And in verse 60, he says that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord our God, walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments at as at this day. In other words, he was saying, Lord, help our hearts to be true, but Lord, help the nations of the world to know that you are the one true God. Our prayer life ought to include that desire for grace so that we might walk in a way pleasing to Him, but it also should be a prayer that that hopefully will exalt the Lord in the eyes of people who don't know Him yet. Unfortunately, Israel failed in that opportunity because God called them to be a uh, to, to to make sure that the nation knew that 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 God their God was the God of the world and they were to take that all around. But they they failed in that mission and they lost out because they rejected the Messiah. And the Scripture tells us that God is reconciling the world to Himself. I, I share this with you today. Uh, you know, as I was thinking about what am I going to preach on this Sunday as we had the note burning and as we celebrate the, the, uh, the, the, the God freeing us up from that debt, and this is certainly a time of thanksgiving for all of that. What am I going to preach? Well, I'll look at this passage that deals with the dedication of the temple, and I see this prayer in there of Solomon that can make all the, all the difference in the world for you. In your prayer life, but it also kind of has a—it kind of has a picture here of what God is doing in our lives, so that those who don't know Him might see that He is the living God. And our prayers, our lives, ought to help others to know that there is a God, that He loves us, and that He sent His Son on the, to the cross to die for us. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about First Baptist Church of Wildwood and our ministries, you can go to our website, fbcwildwood.org, our Facebook page, First Baptist Church of Wildwood, or our Instagram page, FB Wildwood. Have a great Jesus-filled day.